0: Be part of the conversation. Join the eHealth Forum in Athens, October 25th and 26th. The only event connecting stakeholders from the West and North of Europe with the Balkans and the Mediterranean. For more information, visit our website at eHealthForum.org. Join us in Athens this October. You're listening to Tech Talk Central. So this is Vicky Kulavu for Tech Talk Central. I'm here at eHealth Week at the uh, Philips booth, which has a a very strong presence at this event. And I have with me Hans Nottenbrum, He's uh, global head of digital at uh, Philips Healthcare. Welcome. Uh, Thank you. Okay, so I surprised him by that. He was expecting the question. The question, my question is, why here? Why at this event? And uh, he actually started responding to this, but what makes this event different? So, why here? Uh,
1: I think eHealth Week for us is a unique opportunity. Uh, First of all, because eHealth Week is uh, hosted in different countries every year. And in this case, uh, the Netherlands is the presidency of the European Union. So it is basically in our backyard. Philips is a proud Dutch company. Uh, So it was a unique opportunity for us in the first place. And the second reason why it's uh, special is because uh, you see here a combination of uh, two events, actually. There is the the HIMSS part, which is more the healthcare IT audience that wants to know about the newest innovations in healthcare IT. And then there is more the policymakers and people representing the European Union countries and the ministries of health. Uh, so there's a nice combination of both the policy and the industry together.
0: So what's your message towards, towards the policymakers? Uh,
1: I think in, in the past, uh, Philips, uh, with all our innovations, uh, we might have been a very closed company. Uh, we now recognize, uh, with our complete focus on healthcare, that uh, the only way we can fix the big issues in healthcare is to collaborate, to work together, and for that we need to work together with all partners, including the policy makers.
0: I know your CEO did a very impressive speech, everybody was talking about it, so what is Philips doing in healthcare?
1: Uh, We already have a a strong foothold in healthcare for for many years, Philips is a 125 year old company, Uh, we've always been in innovation and for a long time also in healthcare, Uh, so we have a long standing relationship with the healthcare uh, professionals and also with the hospitals, Uh, we sell uh, MRI scanners and you might know us from our patient monitoring equipment, uh, so we are well known in that space. Uh, on the other side, we have a, a, a very big presence as a consumer company, our consumer lifestyle division, uh, which we now focus on personal health. And by combining the two, that is the new Philips, if you will, uh, combining the connection between the professionals and the, and the consumer world. And I think we are unique in that space.
0: So on the upper floor, I got to actually test the VR system where I was found myself in an operating room. And it was interesting, (laughs) somebody asked me online when I said that, that means you did an operation. No, I didn't do an operation, but it was interesting because what you did is you created a system where somebody can test, let's say, the layout of an operating room and the flow of patients. And uh, I found it fascinating because it never crossed my mind that that would be a problem worth solving, but obviously it is. And so, because our listeners like High tech. So you are using VR. Can you elaborate on that?
1: Yeah, what we show here at eHealth Week is a a combination of uh, products that we have on the market today. We have also some some products that are about to come to market, which is also interesting, new innovations. And then we have the stuff that we want to show here, which comes out of our research labs. That is uh, things that are not on the market yet. We even don't know yet how it will be applicable. But virtual reality is one of those areas where we do a lot of research because we want to understand how it can be applicable to healthcare. And one of those examples is indeed using virtual reality uh, to do hospital planning, basically to plan out your hospital while it's not yet existing and walk around in the hallways and experience the workflow. So that could be one scenario. Uh, And the other scenario that we're thinking about is for training and education. We don't have a virtual reality experience where you can actually do operations, but who knows what the future will bring?
0: Somebody said you also have a product um, called Ambience, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what, what's that about?
1: Uh, ambient experience is our view on making the hospital a better place to be both for the patients and the professionals. If you work with uh, light, and we have a big history in in light and lighting solutions, if you combine that with uh, the the other parts of the ambient experience, which is uh, how the machines work, how much noise there is, uh, basically the whole experience, and make that as as smooth as possible for the patient, then you can take, hopefully, away a little bit of the anxiety that the hospital normally brings, and that can only benefit uh, the, the treatment and the recovery.
0: Okay, so give us uh, an overview of new products, new innovation things that you're preparing, and you will surprise us in the next coming years.
1: Uh, There's actually a long list. Uh, One of the things that we showcase here is a product that is actually already on the market in the U.S. It's a uh, a very small ultrasound machine. It's uh, almost as big as a pack of cigarettes. Uh, Normally, you have have ultrasound machines that are really big. This one is so small and you connect it to your tablet. And uh, basically the doctor can choose if he wants to have a big tablet or a small tablet. And by doing so and by miniaturizing the the equipment, we can bring it closer to the patient and closer to the point of care. So that creates new opportunities for, for physicians to use ultrasound in places where it might be too bulky in the past.
0: Is it cheaper than the big machines?
1: Uh, it's different because uh, where the big machines require capital investment in many cases, in this case we uh, offer it as a subscription model. So you can basically per month uh, subscribe to the, uh, the equipment uh, and, and use it. So that's a bit uh, less of a hurdle to, uh, to start using it.
0: Well, the truth is my, my thought was around Africa and India where they don't get, a lot of people don't get access to good ultrasound machines. So suddenly when you started describing, I was thinking that any doctor can move around, I suppose, in Africa or a, a municipality can purchase one of these and really help patients.
1: Absolutely. The portability of the equipment is one of the, the strong points. It's, uh, it's very small. It's very light. So you can take it with you. Uh, in places where you normally could not bring an ultrasound. So yes, those scenarios are very well uh, thinkable.
0: So, what do you see? You mentioned the US market, you're a Dutch company. So, where would you consider that healthcare or the, the, um, the devices that you're creating and the solutions are actually taking off uh, more easily? Is it the US, here, Asia? Uh, who's, who's ready for all this?
1: Uh, That differs a bit per per scenario. Um, Yes, we are a Dutch company, but actually we are a global company. We are in 185 countries. Uh, The US is obviously a big market and an important uh, innovative market, Uh, but you see innovations uh, in every place. Also in Asia we are uh, working on scenarios where expecting mothers can have a very low entry way of uh, tracking some of their signs. So that's uh, through the mobile network that comes to the physicians. And we can have earlier warnings in case something looks weird or maybe a signal that something might go wrong. And hopefully we can that way prevent some of the uh, the issues and uh, uh, complexities, uh, uh, complications that uh, uh, might exist later on in the pregnancy.
0: When it comes to consumer medical devices or sort of medical or health, well wellness and health uh, devices, obviously you might have some of those, right? So... Um, What's the adoption? Are people uh, using them? And if they are, do you see them um, open to sharing the the data that come out of that with their clinicians?
1: Um, We were, I personally was at uh, South by Southwest in Austin, Texas about uh, two and a half years ago. And then we um, uh, tested it out. We actually had a platform where we could offer to people to connect their their Fitbit and their jawbone and maybe their, their app on their phone and maybe their smart weight scale, put all of that data into one place. And the people walking around there, and I have to admit that's a special audience at the South by Southwest, it's not your average consumer, but still they were very enthusiastic because today they have all of that data in silos and now they see it come together and they understand that only value starts to exist if you are able to bring that data together. Um, so that was an interesting observation and they were very um, happy with the idea that the data will come together and that they have control over it. Uh, They all said that they would hesitate a little bit with giving that data to their employer or giving that data to their insurance company. Uh, The other interesting observation is that uh, same South by Southwest event one and a half years ago, uh, the same people were there and they were not wearing their Fitbits and jawbones anymore. They were in the drawer with uh, out of battery. And uh, what that taught me and my observation there is that for healthy people, uh, just tracking your, your health signals through those devices might not be enough value to continue to invest time and effort into it. Uh, where if you look at other uh, patient groups, uh, like uh, chronic uh, chronically ill patients, then there's much more of a, new, a reason to uh, track your health and I believe that uh, for those scenarios having those devices uh, be part of the, uh, the total solution uh, probably is an easier adoption curve than uh, for people that are uh, he- healthy.
0: So, what kind of solutions are you using when it comes to saving the data? Is that on the cloud, um, is it, uh, does? do your devices have a server inside that pushes to the cloud? Um, what happens, uh, I, I hear a lot of, um, I read a lot of cases where startups create different kinds of devices with software and they, the data gets pushed on the cloud. And then they close. They don't find funding, and they're out of business. And then you're left with a dead device. It doesn't do anything. Obviously, Philips is is closed tomorrow. Um, but how do, how is your infrastructure behind that? How um, open is it, or isn't it?
1: Now we we recognise the same to- uh, issue that you uh, you spot. Uh, In fact, it's not easy to create a platform that is uh, scalable and sustainable and secure and has all the privacy regulations from all countries in it uh, and have that uh, uh, up and running for a long time. That's not an easy thing to achieve. And startup companies, uh, I can imagine that it's hard to build on the platform where you actually want to build on your innovation. And the platform is just something you would like to just have. (laughs) Uh, so that, that's a difficulty, that's why we at Philips create the HealthSuite digital platform uh, because we recognize that you can only bring all of those data sources together, uh, create care coordination scenarios, connect your devices, and basically look beyond the hospital walls also at home care and healthy living and bring that data together if you have a platform that's able to do that. That's why we built that platform. It's an open platform based on open standards, not Philips proprietary. Uh, We adopt the standards in the healthcare industry for that. And the idea behind is that uh, we have a robust platform where all parties can hook into and bring their data together so that together with health institutions, we can deliver scenarios for specific patient groups that have to deal with chronic conditions, for instance, and build solutions on top of that.
0: Okay, my last question is more into the future. Where do you see... um I'm going to ask where Philips, probably they'll be trying to, to follow, but what do you see the trends being in two years from now? What are we going to be talking again next eHealth Week? What will be hot?
1: Um, I expect that the, the topic of big data, which is, I, I admit, already hot, <laughs> uh, will uh, be, become more and more important. Uh, what we see is that there is already a lot of data, uh, medical data, available. Uh, if you look at, for instance, the data that we manage on behalf of hospitals, and I'm talking about uh, imaging, uh, the MRI scans, that is a massive amount of data. We manage about a billion imaging studies, that's 135 billion images. That is a massive amount of data. Uh, but it's in itself is uh, can be much more valuable if you combine that data with other data uh, and that you build a really 360-degree View of the patient, including medication, treatment, you, uh, diagnosis, information, uh, your lifestyle, uh, your surroundings, your family relations, uh, and I think if we bring all that data together, we will see new opportunities to create new solutions in healthcare. And we, need to, sorry, we need to do that in a very secure and and, and privacy uh, agnostic way, so that you, as a customer, as a patient, as a consumer, you are in control of your own data and you have visibility of that. But then we can do it.
0: It's a big conversation, data, privacy, security, now we've got regulation on the European Union level that is going to be uh, enforced in two years. So it's, it's fascinating times we live in. So is there something I didn't ask you and I should have asked you? Uh,
1: one, one other thing, and maybe I can point that out, is that we also believe that the transformations in healthcare, to be able to do that, you have to also work with patients and you have to understand the perception in each country about the the healthcare system. And uh, things like e-health and telehealth, how do people actually perceive that? That's why we did a study called the Future Health Index. Um, And what we did is we investigated in 13 countries, 2,000 consumers, patients and 200 healthcare professionals to understand that perception. We asked them a lot of questions to get a better understanding of how they view the role of the patient, the role of the government, uh, the state of e-health in their country. And that is a wealth of information that we can use to better plan the new transitions in healthcare.
0: It's interesting. There's a website, actually, the Future Health Index. Somebody can look it up and uh, find all this information. I did look it up. So that was... a. Uh... Hans Nottenboom, his name is Dutch, (laughs) so obviously the English call it Nottenboom. He said it's Nottenbaum, something like closer to German in my head. So he's global head of digital at Philips Healthcare, and thank you for being with us.
1: Uh, It was a pleasure.
0: So this was Vicky Kolevo for Tech Talk Central, and we'll be back. You're listening to Tech Talk Central. Be part of the conversation. Join the eHealth Forum in Athens, October 25th and 26th. The only event connecting stakeholders from the West and North of Europe with the Balkans and the Mediterranean. For more information, visit our website at eHealthForum.org. Join us in Athens this October.